one of the things that have touched me here is the way you sing. Uh, I hope you you sing with understanding. When I came in the first time when I was out, I heard you singing the song Take Take My Life. Is it that one? Can you sing just one stanza? Can some one person to lead us out? Take my Francis Havagol. She was uh, an invalid. She was very sickly. Very, very sickly. If you would have looked at her, she was demarcated. The, the hands were very thin. You could tell she may not even live for two days. She was very poor. No, I mean very sickly. You people, you have never seen people on the deathbed. And uh, instead of her crying, she addressed God. Now, I'm just paraphrasing the story. I, I remember her because we had a chance to, to go to her grave. And uh, I saw be six feet below were bones. But what she sang still remains today. She took all her possessions, her box. She put in all her clothes, her precious things. And then she said, take these things to a captain of any ship. That time the ship used to come around Africa. Then when you reach on any shore, just throw it there. Whoever, whoever finds it, may want to dress one of my dresses. And then she, sp she began speaking to God in a very wonderful way. She says, take my hands. And when you look at those hands, demarcated as they are, she says, I wish I had the song. Give me that song. I I'm just trying to remember. Where? Yeah? Yes, 3.30. She says, uh, uh, take my life and let it be consecrated to the Lord. Hey, to thee. Take my hands and let them move. If you would look at those hands that she was talking about, but she says, at the impulse of thy love, they will move. Then she would say, take my feet and let them be swift. Beautiful thee. Take my voice. Let it sing always for thee. And I believe that God answered this prayer. Because every time we sing this song, we are singing her voice. When, whenever you sing these songs, always remember they were never composed in a vacuum. 
He says, take my lips and let them be filled with the messages from thee. Hey! She said, take my silver. She was very poor. And my gold. She didn't even have a gold. said, not even a five cents will I with the hold. Not a five cents will I with the hold. And then she says, it is no longer mine. Take my heart. It is your own. Mm. And then something statement she said was that the royal throne of God will be in her heart. This lady, I believe we shall be with her in the kingdom. Now, every time you sing, hmm? every time you sing, remember, I think she was Francis Havagol. Did Havagol? Let me see. Yeah. Mm, 3.30. Yeah, it is, yeah, Francis Ridley Havagol. Thank you. So I enjoy every time you sing. I try to, because at the university I've taught courses in church music and worship. So every song that is composed there was never composed in a vacuum. Every trial we go through in life is always a stanza that God is preparing for the generation to come. I'm speaking to somebody who is going through a very difficult uh, life. It's a stanza that God is making. One day, it will inspire somebody. So thank you very much for your singing. Uh, yeah, this is the one. Take my life and let it be consecrated. Take time and study her life. You'll, she sang it on the deathbed when she was about to die. Today, she is quiet in the grave, but her faith is still being sung today. She says, just at the impulse of your love. And I want you to know, especially my beloved sisters and brothers, the Adventists, 99% of all the songs we sing in our hymn book were not sung by Adventists. I want you to know that. In our official Adventist hymnal, you may, you may be lucky to get even eight songs by Adventists. But most of them were sung by non-Adventists. Even the one you are singing, Blessed Assurance, yes, is mine. It's by Fanny Crosby. And I believe God is telling us something. That you may not agree with some people, but remember that your brothers and your sisters. I hope somebody is listening to me. I hope so. 99%. That's why you need to study the official Adventist philosophy of music voted by the general conference then you'll appreciate those songs now let's do this uh, you want okay you know this one this one was composed by by Fanny Crosby uh, 
she had eyes problem when she was young and the mother took her to an eye doctor but he was a quack he was not trained so he applied the wrong ointment there are many versions of what happened so i'm just speaking on one of them so she became blind she cried the mother cried he prayed if the lord would reverse but god did not reverse it so she became blind she was always moving this way and uh, the mother cried but she she grew up blind until one time she was taken to the, the family was poor i think the father died and the mother was a uh, was a housemaid this is a song from the daughter of a housemaid i know you are rich people but you don't know the poverty that people come from see when you have everything they come with the car they pick you these things may sound academic but the god has used very poor people in giving this testimony so she went to the school of blind in new york and uh, she was bright because she composed several songs when she was still young poems and she got a husband and the funny enough in the blind school and the husband was also blind so we had a blind bride marrying a blind bridegroom and they held their hands together as they went and uh, i remember she said oh god thank you you didn't return me my eyes but you have given me a husband and lucky enough they got a child i think it was a son yeah and the son just like the the cow eats green grass but produces white milk so they were blind but they gave birth to a child that was able to see so it's very interesting so the child grew up and the child was taking her them across the road So she said, "Lord, we are blind, but you have given us eyes to take us around." Then you know what happened later on. The son died. And she cried. She said, "Oh, my eyes have gone again." And then the husband died again. So she remained alone. And she cried. and then while she was crying she changed from crying to celebration she began now thanking the lord and she composed many songs this was one of them she would say jesus is mine and she said that assurance is the most blessed assurance and she was saying oh what a foretaste of glory divine She was saying I'm blind I'm a widow but I'm a heir of salvation I'm I'm a purchase of God <laughs> I'm born of his spirit and I'm washed past tense not I'll be washed I'm washed 
in his blood. And she said, my story is not how I became blind. My story is not how I suffered. That's not my story. He says, this is my story. Which one? This is my song. Which song? Praising my Savior. Seven, seven days a week, 24 days, 24 hours a day. This is my story. This is my song. Praising him. Why? She goes on to one of the stanza. This should be the last. She says, I can see. But she's blind. I think if you go to stanza number three, he says, yes, she was not an Adventist. She still believed in rapture. But she says, on my sight, I can see angels descending, bring from above. I can hear echoes of mass and the whispers of love. It's very interesting. Go to the stanza. There's another stanza. She says, all is at rest. I in my Savior. The in-crust motif. I in my Savior, happy and blessed, watching and waiting. And she was blind. How can she say she was watching, looking above? And she was blind, filled with his goodness. And she says, lost in his love. When we were in USA, you know, in USA when somebody dies, they don't bury at home. They don't bury at home when somebody dies. What they do, they, they bury in a, a, a cemetery. So you can go there and see. And each grave has a stone. They write on a statement. It's not like us in Africa. You bury under a tree and you live like that. So we went to Fanny Crosby. I saw the grave. It's written, Aunt, Aunt Fanny. F-A-N-Y. And uh, uh, it's written, the other song that she sang, I think the song goes to, uh, there's another song that she composed that is there, not this one here. So she's there, but she still sings today. It's beautiful, that song there. So when I heard you singing, I remember that day when you went to her grave. She has composed over 9,000 songs. I think 10,000, not 9, 10,000. And uh, out of that, because there were so many, when she was dying, she said royalties that were to be found from selling those songs should be used to translate the Bible into Kiswahili. So we are the immediate beneficiary of her faith. The Kiswahili Bible that you see came as a result of those royalties. So it's beautiful. You need to know these things. God works. He works great things. And uh, I know that the Lord himself will lead you so that you will be able to, 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 know, uh, to know that God is God. Um, I saw one of you asked me a question here. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to answer it. Maybe I'm just telling you that I'm going to answer it in a very short time. So please be patient. Okay. Um, the greatest event that took place on this planet was not the flood. It was not even um, the creation of Adam. The greatest event that ever that took place on this planet 
and affected the other planets and the whole universe is when God became man. That event, you cannot explain it. <laughs> you know, there is nothing God cannot do. God can do anything. You know, um, when Adam fell in sin, the sin of Adam was not breaking one of the Ten Commandments. No. That was, that was not the sin of Adam. The, the sin of Adam was to try to live independent of God and still enjoy the promises of God. You know, Adam through Eve fell and all, all of us died. I mean, inherited a life that was already fallen. This is a biblical fact. Don't try to prove it in the laboratory. Laboratories are good, but sometimes our interpretation of the scientific facts are always lacking. They are very subjective. The facts of science are true, but the interpretation is subjective. So you can always challenge the interpretation. But the facts are true. So, Adam fell in sin. Adam was the sum total of the whole human race. Had Adam fallen in sin after giving birth to a child, that child would have not been affected. But Satan was very clever. He came at a time before he got any child. So, what Adam did affected the whole human race because we were in him. That's how it was. So, all the generation that comes from Adam, even before they have done anything, they are classified as sinners, condemned to death. That's why even if you are born and you stand this way for 70 years without breaking any commandment, you are still a sinner. Because the life that you have, that life, you borrowed it from Adam and says a life is a life that is a sin and condemned to death. That's why Paul would say, all, death passed upon all, because all have sinned. Thank you. Hello. Death passed upon all, because all have sinned. Please remember, sin is deeper than our individual actions. Our individual actions are just a fruit of our fall. Now, Satan was taken by surprise. Satan knew that God would try to save man. 
He knew it. But he thought the method God would use would be the same lecture method he used when he told Adam, do not eat this fruit. For the day you eat, you shall surely die. That one, I call it a lecture method. And Satan knew that it didn't work. Because shortly after God had told them that, they ate. Now, Satan thought that God will use the same. Maybe stand on the moon and say, attention please, I'm giving you one week. Stop sinning or we kill you. And Satan knew the way he had failed the first time, he will also fail in this one. He didn't know that God is God. When God became man, that act took not only Satan by surprise, but even the unfallen angels. That God took humanity and became man. That is what we call the birth of Christ. And the, the reason why God became man was not so that he can show us an example of how to live. No. He did not come here to show us an example. The reason why he took humanity was so that he could qualify to save us. Because only one from among us would save us. So he took humanity in order to save us. After he has saved us, then that's when he says, now walk as I walk. Being an example comes after your eyes have been opened to your salvation. So how did it affect us? God took the whole human race and put it in Christ at incarnation. It's the same language, same metaphor of saying God took humanity. It's the same metaphor. It's the same metaphor as saying God chose us before the foundation of the world. It's the same metaphor. So God took us and he put us in Christ. Then that one qualified Christ to be the second Adam. We have two Adams in the Bible. The first Adam and the second Adam. The first Adam is the one that sinned and affected all. The second Adam is Christ when he took the whole humanity. Now, just as what the first Adam did affected the whole humanity without our, our permission. So also, what Christ did affects all of us without our permission, and I will prove it. That does not mean everybody will be saved. No. Because for you to finally have it what Christ has done of final effect, you will have to believe it. So some will be lost because they refuse to believe when the Holy Spirit was speaking to them through Pastor Malika.
they were seated and they were saying, no, I don't believe that. So that's why we are saved by believing, we are lost by the opposite of believing, which is unbelief. So the reason why we know that we were put in Christ is because the Bible says so. Of Christ, of him are you in Christ. We, did, we couldn't have known that you are in him. That's what he said. Of him are you in Christ, whom God has done it. So when he put us in Christ, the history of Christ became our history. So that when he died on the cross, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried together with him. When he resurrected, we resurrected together with him. That's what the Bible says. I gave you Ephesians. So he's saying for us in Adam, all die. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The context of this statement is what Christ said in John chapter 5 verse 28. And when you read, I don't want you to be surprised. It is something very surprising, but don't be surprised. That thing is true. In John 5, verse 28, Jesus is speaking about the, the time when he will come. Thank you, thank you for putting it very clear there. I can read from here. He says, verse 28, marvel not at this. That means do not be surprised and don't be shocked. For the hour is coming. That, that is not shocking. Everybody knows the hour is coming, even drunkards. They know that one day this world will go. That one they know. What is surprising is the next one. In the which all, not some, all that are in the grave, and the people who are in the grave are both the good and the bad, all of them shall hear his voice. <laughs> All. And the Christ put their comma. Because they will not just stop at hearing. They will hear his voice. And this is a warning for people who go to preach when somebody has died. And they say, if this person believed in Jesus, he would resurrect. But if he did not believe in Jesus, Paul that's wrong. Christ says all who are in the grave, even those who are drinking, do you know where you are putting your feet? One day before this building was put up, this one was a bush. It was a bush area. And so there are some forefathers of ours who died here. And they are, they are buried. Their bones are five feet below. They will hear his voice when he will come. That same voice called Lazarus. When Lazarus died, you remember when he died, Jesus went, laid three days, and uh, he said, where have you buried him? And they said, he's already smelling. Why are you asking that? He says, no, open. And when Christ saw the unbelief, he wept. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And when he opened, he called out and says, Lazarus! Come out. That voice, they say, had he not mentioned Lazarus, had he just said, come out, without mentioning Lazarus, all the dead people there would have come out. 
Yeah. It's like if I come here, I have a sister here from my home area. She's called Nasimiu. And there's another one, Bridget. They were serving us there. If I come here and say, Bridget, come out, only Bridget will come out. But if I don't mention the name, I say, come out, all of you will come out. So he specified. But they say when Jesus comes the second time, he will not come quietly like a thief. No. He will come unexpectedly like a thief. But when he comes, he will come with, with a, a big voice of archangel. You will get it in the Holy Quran. It's there. By the way, you need to have respect on that holy book. Yeah, you need to know. Um, our brothers and sisters in the Islamic faith, they are more faithful and committed to their Lord than some of you. You need to, to study and you'll get to know. And I know many of them who shall be with them in the kingdom. I, I believe that. Okay, so... Uh, they that are in the graves shall hear his voice. And they will not stop there. They shall come out. They that have done good, they will come out unto eternal life. And they that have done evil, they will still come out, but to damnation. So whichever the case, both the good and the evil both the good and the evil will have to resurrect. All of them. According to the words of Christ. Now don't come here and say, oh yes, others will resurrect a thousand years, then others after one thousand years. <laughs> Let me tell you, go, uh, that is not, there is no degree in resurrection. If somebody dies now and another one dies 20 years from now, who died better? They are the same. So Christ did not put emphasis on that separation. It's not, it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that all will resurrect. And the reason why they will resurrect is because Christ, as the second Adam, resurrected. So just as what Adam did affected the whole human race, so what Christ did also will affect the whole human race. They will resurrect. After they have resurrected, then those who did good. When the Bible says those who did good, it does not mean those who are preaching or helping the poor. No. It doesn't mean like that. Because there are many people who are helping the poor who will not go. When the Bible says those who have done good, it means those who have believed Christ. When you believe Christ, the Bible says you have done good. When you refuse to believe Christ, the Bible says you have done evil. So those who have done good will resurrect to eternal life. Those who have done evil by not believing the gospel will still resurrect but to damnation. That's what Christ said. That's why Paul is right to say, as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. Because Christ is the second Adam. If we go to Romans 5, just go to Romans 5 quickly because of the name. Romans 5. Hey. Romans 5. 
I'm speaking slowly so that you can be able to get it. Romans 5. Um, please look at Romans 5. It speaks of the two Adams in a very powerful way by contrasting, uh, contrasting the two. He says, uh, starting from verse 15. F verse 14 says, um, first of all, I can read from verse 12. Therefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Please remember, sin, I'm reading Romans 5, verse 12. Therefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. That word sin is singular. And the death came by that sin. And so death passed upon all men. Why? For all have sinned in Adam. That's what he's talking about. That's why all, even if you are a very good man, if Christ delays to come, one day we shall escort you to the cemetery. Whatever it is, it will. Now, for until the law, sin was in the world. That word, until the law, means until the commandments were given at Mount Sinai. There was a period from Genesis up to Mount Sinai where the law, the commandments were not yet given. And God could not call those people sinners because they were breaking the commandments. He had not given the commandments. He gave the commandments at Mount Sinai. So those people were not sinners because they were breaking the commandments, no. But still they were dying. So that means the reason for their dying is not the law they were breaking. It's because of the sin of Adam. That's what he's saying. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. It means you cannot describe their sin that they broke the sixth commandment. No. Because the law had not yet been given. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Adam sinned by breaking a common known law that says do not eat the fruit. But there are those who died later on without breaking any clearly defined law, like children that you have. You have a child that is three months, the child dies. She doesn't have any law that she has broken. But why is she dying? Because of Adam's sin. Doesn't. But because Adam is the figure of him that was to come, the one to come was Christ. The figure in the sense that what Adam did affected the whole human race. So what Christ would do will also affect the whole human race. But he says, but their impact is not the same. If the impact of Adam was two kilogram weight, the one for Christ was eight kilogram weight. So that grace is much more than our sin. So he says, but not, verse 15, but not as the gift, as the offense, so also is the free gift. They're not the same. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. Please, the word many in Hebrew simply means all. In English, many means some are excluded. But in Hebrew, it means all. Through the offense of one, that was Adam, all are dead. Much more, 
the grace of God, the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto all. When he says they will all come out, it will be pured by grace. But the reason why they will miss heaven is because they will have initiated something which was not originally initiated by God. They will have chosen from the heart to say no to what God is saying. Verse 16 says, and not as it as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses. The free gift means the forgiveness of God not only cancels Adam's sin, but it goes further to even cancel our personal sins that we have done after. Offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, that's Adam, much more they the, which receive abundance of the grace and of the gift of righteousness. Uh, the gift, is it of righteousness? Yeah. Okay, there is something, you, you better adjust it. Yeah, just adjust it and see. I know it offhead, that's why, but I want some, some people to read it. We are reading, uh, okay, it's gone. We are reading um, Romans 5, uh, 17, 18. So he's comparing the two. In verse 18, look, look at what he says. Uh, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men and justification of life. Then he goes on to repeat the same. The key word that Paul is using here is the word much more, much more. It is even there in verse 20. Moreover, the law ended that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That word, much more, means that what we get in Christ is more than the guilt and the pain that we get in sin. Or let me put it this way. It is easier for you to be saved and very hard for you to be lost. For you to be lost, you'll have to work very hard. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is what? How do you get wages? Yes. So for you to get the death, you love to work very hard. How? By resisting and refusing to believe what the Spirit is telling you through Wamalik. You'll be saying, yes, it makes some sense, but, but, but it's very dangerous. If I do that, it means many people will go to heaven. There are some people who, who think that heaven is full and God is trying to eliminate some people. God never sent us to do that. The Bible says God's will is to rule in Kalenjin. All may go to where? To heaven. And let me tell you, from Adam to the last person, Adam the last person, even if we all went to heaven, there will still be space. Because one third of the angels that Satan took are more than the population of this planet. That's why when Christ gave the parable of a king who had a wedding, he invited people. And you know those who get invitation, 
are rich people. I saw you in a wedding last time. You just came and you had no invitation. Those are people who are just coming to eat. <laughs> but, but the people who get invitation are the rich. They are not very many. But the people who come to eat are usually many. So on that wedding day, those who are invited not come. Okay? So the king said, go to the streets and bring the street children and the poor. And you know those ones are many. And they came. And they, were, and they told the king, they have come. But there is still what? Space. God is not behaving like he's trying to eliminate some people. For every human being who will lose heaven, the father will cry. Every human being, the father will cry. That's why he says in Isaiah, what could I have done that I didn't do? That you chose to say goodbye to me. Christ will cry. What a waste. The angels will also cry. Because angels have been given to us to take care of us. To protect us. So they will say, I protected this man for 70 years. And he has just gone like that. What a waste. The whole universe will cry under nature. There is one member of the Godhead who is called the Holy Spirit. He is called the Comforter. He was there in creation. He was there when Christ took humanity in the womb of Mary. He is also there today. He is the one who will comfort both the Godhead, humanity, angelic host, and the creation. And because he is God, the Bible says God will wipe away all what tears. He will do it. So I'm speaking to you this evening to let you know that any loss of a single person makes the father to cry. Because we were created and redeemed fearfully for the kingdom of heaven. That's what we were. So he, he says, uh, he says, yeah, that's it. No. When I looked that it should bring forth crepes, it brought forth wild crepes. The, the, the thing is, he is talking about is that after doing all this work, after doing everything, the last impact was that we could not still believe it. For example, God says, I have forgiven you. But do you know what you do? You say, I think what is meaning, he has only forgiven me my past sins. But if beginning from today, he wants me to promise him that I will never do it. So you promise him, thank you very much for forgiving me. Now from today onwards, I will not do it. Then the following day, you slide and do it. Then Satan comes and says, who told you? Don't you say, you will not make it. And then you come, you say, will I ever make it really? Say, God help me. So you are telling him, just help me to where? So God says, no, Wamalika, go to Egypt on. And I tell them that my forgiveness covered their past, present, and the future. Tell them that they are my children. Tell them that. He who does not believe will not be condemned. He has already been condemned because he refused to believe. When you believe it, sin will have no more ruling power in you. It will not. You may slide, 
but you will not stay there permanent. Sin will not become your breakfast, your lunch, and your supper. It will not be your swimming pool. That's why you'll discover that you may win a lady and be with her, but one day the spirit will touch her heart and she will turn and say, no, I don't want. It means she cannot stay there permanently. Whatever is born of God cannot continue. You cannot match the Holy Spirit. One day, you may succeed with her now, and go, but one day she will come back. Because whatever is born of God cannot permanently be there. So you have to work very hard to be convincing her. You work and you reach a stage you'll be tired. Because she's born of God. Sometimes she will ask you a very tough question. Until you say, that I can hear that, that question is very tough. Because they are born of God. There is power. The power that draws us is greater than the power that takes us away. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, eh? Was it in John? Yeah, go to John. John 12, verse 32. Hey. The, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. It spoke to me many years ago. And I'm speaking this, yeah. He says, and is that King James Version? No. That's not King James. That is a new King James Version. I know because in King James Version, the word men is in italics. Check your Bible. Put up your hand if the word men is in italics. Put up your hand. Don't you see? Yes, I knew. <laughs> this one, you know, brackets were put in by somebody and they didn't know that. Is yours in brackets, in, in the word men. Do you know italics? Italics does not mean Italians. It means they are written this way. Yes, like that. Yeah, Because he was saying Italy. Where is the map of Italy? No. Italics is written this way. So the word men is in italics. You try to read it without the word men. Don't read men. Read it. And I, if I believe it up from the earth, would it draw? Yes, that's how Jesus said it. He didn't say men. It is when they were translating that they said all who. Then somebody from Africa said men. <laughs> so they inserted the word men. So in your Bible, the word men is in italics. And others who are translating changed men to people. So they even made it worse. So men is in italic. Christ never said men. And I wish they left the way he says, I will draw all unto me. So all who? Yeah, we get it. In Ephesians, they say when Christ died and rose, he drew not only men, but also angels in heaven. So when he say, I will draw all, he meant heavenly family and earthly family. Is that okay? Yeah, that's what he meant. So he says, if I be lifted up from the earth, and John says in verse 33, he spoke this, 
this showing what kind of death he will, he will die. So the gospel, and I want you to know this, the gospel is what God did for us in Christ outside our contribution. The gospel is the life, which means death, no, birth, birth life is one. The life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Period. That's the gospel. What you do is not the gospel. It is the response to the gospel. It is called the fruit of the gospel. The good works you do is the fruit of the gospel. Uh, you are not getting it. Yani ni matunda ya injila. Are you getting it? What saves you is your matunda. Kinacho kuokoa ni kila mbacho mungu alifanya. In the life, death, burial, and resurrection. So Jesus said, when you believe, the world will know that you are my disciples when you bear fruits. And bearing fruits, you don't sweat. Have you ever seen a tree sweating to bear fruits? No. Of course, trees cannot sweat, but I'm just using it as a fun illustration. Fruits are spontaneous. They just come out spontaneously. You don't say, I'm majaribu ash. You're majaman majaribu. They just come out spontaneously. For example, when the Bible says in, in Galatians 5 verse 22, it says the fruit of the Spirit, is it? Yeah, there it is. But the fruit of the Spirit, now look at the word fruit. Is it singular or plural? Yeah? And how many are mentioned? More than one. Are you getting it? The fruit is one of the spirit. But inside that fruit, there is vitamin for love, vitamin for joy, vitamin for peace, vitamin for long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, and so on. In that one fruit. So you cannot say, but I have now gotten love and joy. peace. No, 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 no. <laughs> they go together. You cannot have one part and you leave another. You cannot. They, they come as a package. You are not getting me. If you take a fruit, inside the fruit there's vitamin C, vitamin B, or what, whatever it is. When you bite one part, you can't say, I've eaten the part with vitamin C. Now, vitamin B remains on the other side. No. <laughs> they go as a package. So, the fruit singular of the spirit are all that. And they say, against, there is peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Please, when you see the word law, don't think of ten commandments. <laughs> yeah. When he says there is no law, he's saying there is no speed limit. You cannot say, I have love, but it's too much. Don't go at 80 with love. There's no speed limit with those things. Joy, peace, long-suffering have no speed limit. I mean, there, there is no law that limits them. 
are you following me? Yeah, there's no law that limits them. Are you getting? That's why he said there is no what? Law. And they that are crass, like you, you have crucified the flesh with affections and the lust. If we live in the spirit, as I'm preaching to you, let us also walk where? In the spirit. That's what he's saying. Says if you live in the spirit, walk, because you are a spiritual, but when he goes to, to terrible acts, in the next verse, I think verse 26 or what? Ah, verse 26, yeah. Ah, not verse 26. He, he says you provoke one another through love. There is a verse that he says, but the works of the flesh. Verse 19. Is it verse 19? Yes, go to verse 19. He says, uh, verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest. You see works, is it singular or plural? Plural. You see, because you can commit one without committing another one. For example, you go on. Just go on. To go on to the next level. For example, you can do witchcraft, but you, you are not an adulterer. It's possible. You can have somebody who is a witchcraft, but he does not do adultery. But it's not the same with the Holy Spirit. You cannot say, I have joy, but I'm not kind. So that's why you find, is there works? And the reason why there are works is because you are fighting hard to do these things. Don't think that sinning is easy. Certain disease that is, it's not easy. Even you, you wait and see. After you have done something, the Spirit will come and tell you, that's what you're going to find in it. That's a nin zaza. We don't do nenda. Ah, stuck here. I'm going. You are not born permanently in it. That's why Satan has a hard time keeping you there permanently. So that's why he says the works of the flesh are manifest, are very clear. And uh, he, they are not like the fruit of the spirit. So when God put us in Christ, he meant that the life of Christ will become our life. That's what he meant. So that when you meet any situation in life, you don't ask, what will I do? You ask, what would Christ have done in this situation? That's the question you ask, what will he have done? Because the life you have is not yours. That life belongs to Christ. I want you to know one thing, that although we are the children of God by faith, but there is one thing that we will have to undergo translation, a change, and that is our sinful human body. This human body here can duplicate any sin that has ever been committed on this planet. So when you, be, when you believe in Christ, there is always a war between your converted heart or mind, if you so wish, with this one here. There's always a battle. That's why Paul says, in, if you are looking at Galatians, if you were to look at Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 17, verse 17, he says, the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. That's why 
when we were baptized, I thought that after baptism, you are sinless. So the following day, I got a cob of roasted maize. And I was enjoying it. It was nice. Then a friend came from nowhere. Then he asked me to give him. Immediately, without even thinking, I put behind and I said, no. Then he told me, but you were baptized yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> then I said, oh, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. <laughs> Is this enough? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it will always be there. Now, the reason why the two are fighting against each other, when you want to do something, the flesh will say, Kula vitu bwana. But the spirit will say, No. Kula vitu. No. Chukua bwana. Like if I leave my smartphone here, you'll just see somebody inside him doing this. Chukua. The spirit says, Watcha. Chukua. Watcha. Then he goes, Chukua bwana wende. Then, uh, after, if he takes it, the spirit says, uh, you have done so. Wh why are you doing this? Then he may go with it, reaching there, he may throw it down. But if you don't take it, the flesh will suffer. But the spirit, the spirit inside will say, amen. You have won. So the two are according to each other. Why? God has allowed it so that you cannot do the thing that you want. So that you can only go expressly and take my smartphone the way you want. So this inside. So Paul says, walk by the Spirit. Because the Spirit tells you no. And live by the Spirit. But your salvation is not dependent on that choosing. Your salvation is dependent on the blood of Christ. That's where our salvation comes from. So in the gospel, I told you the gospel, what you do is the fruit of the gospel. The gospel is the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. It starts from the birth and ends with resurrection. That's why the books called the gospels, they start with the birth of Christ and end with the resurrection. Those events have already taken place. If you want to change them, you are late. Christ has already been born. He has already lived. He has already died. He has already been buried. He has already resurrected. So you are late. You cannot change. And if you wanted to add, you are also late. That's why John says, whoever adds or subtracts the words of this prophecy. The word prophecy in the Bible does not mean European history. Prophecy means the events of Christ, the Messiah. That's what it means. So you cannot. The second coming of Christ is not the gospel. It is the hope of the gospel. That's why Adventists say the second coming of Christ, and they are right, is the glorious hope of the gospel. And the second coming is only good news for people who have believed for people who have not believed, the second coming of Christ is not good news. It's a day of wrath. 
That's why when we were at the university, you know, during our years, we used to get free money. It was from the government. Every month, I remember I was given money for fare from my home. The village knew I was going to the university. I remember I went, even the vehicle I entered in, I was given the front seat. And when I went, I remember I was given money. Those were the years. And uh, before you finish, a year before you finish, all uh, permanent secretaries from the various ministries, they come to talk to you. And they say, when are you finishing? Okay, we are giving you a letter. When you finish, you are reporting already at Nairobi for this and this. We, the jobs were more. But do you know what? You know what happened? When we had Jesus coming again, we were saying, why can't you wait a bit until I get money? Because we were not converted. The reason why we are waiting for the second coming of Christ is not because we want to go to the golden, to the mansions in heaven. No. The reason why we are waiting for him is so that he can tell us the story of our redemption. That's why we are waiting for him. We are not anxious to be in heaven so that we may walk on the golden streets. After all, let me tell you, my brothers, as I sit, because I need to finish this, let me tell you, Christ did not die on the cross so that we may go to heaven. No. Heaven will be a transit point. You know the word transit? Transit is where, last time when we were flying to USA, we flew to Heathrow Airport. We stayed there for a few hours, and then we left Heathrow in another plane. Then we went up to New York. So London was not our destination. It was a transit point. The Bible says that we shall be in heaven for 1,000 years. Then after 1,000 years, we shall come to the new heavens and new earth. So Christ not die so that we may just go to transit point. The new heaven and the new earth means that it's the same old and the new earth, but made new. The Greek word means qualitatively new. So we are destined for the new heavens and the new earth. And with, the, with that, when you read Revelation, it says uh, the, the dwelling of God has become the dwelling of man. The habitation of God has become the habitation of man. Uh, the Lord himself will be their God and they will be his people in Revelation. That statement means that for the first time in the history of eternity, the headquarters of the whole universe will geographically relocate to where this planet was. So this planet will be the center of the whole galaxy. So there will be changes in the rearrangement of the universe. That's why Christ says the powers of heaven will be shaken. It's like when he died on the cross, it is called the day of the Lord. Not only the sun went off. Uh, yeah. They're telling me you are tired. You are, uh, 
Can you add more minutes? Let me see. How many minutes do you want me to add? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'll answer it. The, I can give you. When Christ did that, look at Isaiah 13, verse 10. Quickly, please. My time is in. Hey. Hey, hey. What does it mean uh, when the Bible says, believe? <laughs> oh, but let me give you Isaiah. Isaiah was speaking on the day of the Lord when, when Christ died on the cross. He says, for the stars of heaven hey, <laughs> and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. Yeah. Do you know when the sun, do you know that this sun, this sun that shines is one of the stars? And when you say that the stars fell, do you know one star can crush this planet? So you're not talking of these stars that are shining here. The sun alone, even if it changes one mile, one kilometer, it will affect all the, the planets. But when Christ was at the cross, nature sympathized with her maker. Not only this planet shook, but the sun and the other stars that give light also had a blackout. That's why Matthew 27, I think 45 or what, he says there was darkness on the land. But Isaiah says the darkness covered the whole galaxy when Christ died on the cross. The sun shall be darkened and it did. In his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine, because the moon gets light from the sun. And other planets also shook. They were volcanic eruptions over there. That's why I try to see some fresh pictures from Mars, and it will tell you that something must have taken place on this planet. Even if there's no life, but the way those stones look like, the way the texture looks like, it's like there was something that took place. But when Christ comes again, all those planets will be made new. We have been confined here for the time being until when he comes. Be taking time. We just had a new landing rover? No. It's called what? Yeah, Perseverance. Just landed on Mars. You should be able to see the pictures that are coming. Wonderful pictures. Showing us how it look, the red planet, how it looks like. And we also have other pictures by the Chinese that have been taken. They are showing us how it looks like. It seems the death of Christ on this planet shook the others also. Because he is the God who created everything. And when we shall be taken from here to go with him, it will shake. The power of gravity will be reversed so that instead of it pulling down, it will pull up. That is why you will race here to go and meet him in the air. That's what Christ meant by saying the powers of heaven will be shaken. That's what he meant. I'm telling you this as I end. Because of the in Christ motive, our history is now Christ history. Is that okay? Now, Christ's history has become our what? Our history. 
we are the children of God. And I was telling in the morning, we are the children of God. And God is not like you, teachers. Uh, in Baraton, I teach some students online. So there is an official list that comes from the registrar's office, class list. Then there is a list they enroll on my e-learning. But I, I found yesterday that the students on e-learning are more than the ones from the registrar's office. So I knew there are some people who have just ended there, who are not there. When you are a child of God, it means your name is written in God's book. That's what it means. I told you last time when I was here, if you are a teacher and the standard one children are coming with the mucus, no shorts, just a shirt, they have no shoes, and they are coming with the mother, and they are standing in the legs of the mother, and the mother is saying, eh, you are now coming to class one. says, what? Then he says, then the teacher asks, what is your name? And the mother gives the name of the child. Does the teacher write down the name of that child to enter class one? Or does the teacher say, I'll wait until this child has behaved well. Then I'll write the name. Is the writing of the name linked to the behavior? So why do you tell God that he will write your name after you have become a good person? If you who is sinful can, can write the name of this child before the child has improved. Are you getting it? How much more your father in heaven? So God has written our names in heaven. That's why he's telling us, walk like people whose names are where? In heaven. The Bible is telling us that you are citizens of heaven. Past tense, you are already citizens. If you are a citizen, my daughter came, she came to see me with her husband. And then, when we were in Nairobi, I told her, do you know what? The old passports are getting over. So you need to get a new one quickly so that when you go back, you don't get a problem. She looked at me and she laughed. Said, why are you laughing? He said, no, I'm no longer a Kenyan citizen. I'm an American citizen. Here's my passport. When I go back, I'm going home. Then I said, ah. He says, if there's a problem here now, the American army will come to evacuate me. But you, you'll be left here. Then I said, ah, now I understand. When the Bible says we are citizens of heaven, it means our names are already written there. It means we belong there. It means we don't need a visa to go to heaven. I'm saying this, so... If you refuse, if you believe these words, if you believe that what God is saying is true, are you getting it? Then that is what the Bible, the Bible by believing it means you are accepting what God is saying even if it doesn't make sense in you. For example, you, you are accepting that your sins have been forgiven not because you can feel it, but because God has said they have been forgiven. You are believing that your future sins were covered in the blood of Christ. Why? Because when Christ died on the cross, you are not yet born. And when Christ says, Father, forgive them, you are not yet born. So which means the sins that you call your past, that time they were future. 
So he cried on the cross both to cover the past, present, and the future. So because of that, forgive one another because of what God has already done for us. There are some people here, if you owe him only 50 shillings, he will follow you like you owe him 5,000 shillings. <laughs> just, just 10 shillings or 20. He will come and close the eyes and say, so God comes down and says, please, have you forgotten how you are forgiven? Forgive one another. If you have a girlfriend, remember she's somebody's daughter. She's still young. Don't misuse her and just change her like clothes. You get it? Because you too will have daughters. You wait. In a few years' time, you will have daughters. My time is good. You will have daughters and the two you'll understand what I'm telling you. Respect them. If you, in your heart, you don't mean to marry her, then don't tell her I'll marry you. Because they are created to believe you. Then you say, I'll marry you, but in the heart you are saying, no way. <laughs> then one day, you will send an SMS and say, did I say that? Please don't do that. If you are not serious, just be friend. But don't give somebody you are so serious, then you reach somewhere, you come. The same to a lady. That man you have is somebody's son. He's carrying the dream of somebody's son. <laughs> so, some of them are not as perfect as you may wish. But God the Father has counted them as perfect. Yeah. So when... When you, when, when you relate to them, let your relationship be such that in the end, he will look more of Christ. Because marriage is a ministry. God never gave marriage to solve sexual problem. No. The reason why Adam was given a wife, he was not sexually burning. Sex will end with the age. You will start with the daily. Then <laughs> once a week, then once a month, then once a year, then once in 10 years, <laughs> then once in 50 years. It will come. If you want to know it is true, you go and see your grandfather and your grandmother, if they're still alive. <laughs> when they come from the house, they go like this, they say, <laughs> but they are coming from the same house. The thing that binds them together is not sex. It's companionship. That's where you are heading to. Today, I and my wife, we are just alone, the two. The children are now grown up. We don't even eat from the dining hall. We eat from the chicken, from the kitchen. <laughs> I make ugali and she makes mboga. Then we eat from there. Then after that we say, ah, That's where you are heading to. I'm saying this so that you'll remember. The only thing that remains forever is your faith in Christ. That one, Christ is our life partner. He is. So for Christ is saying, for my sake, even if you don't care, but for my sake, take care of me for my daughter. Take care of her. Even if you do not want her, don't 
ashamed her. Don't speak like you don't care because sometimes what you speak sticks forever. There's a student at Kimadi, yeah, it was Kimadi University, I was there. He had left a lady, he took a primary school lady and he assured the lady that I'll marry you. But when he went to the university, he just packed and he went. And the lady was not strong enough to get the shock. She was found in the house dead. So I met the student, I said, will you go for funeral? He said, mm, it's not my mistake. I tell you, brother, you are not going to be free even that way. Because somebody's blood has gone. Because you carelessly said. So that's why if you make a vow, the Bible says, fulfill it. But don't be quick to make a vow. Always say, if God does what? Wills. So when we say to believe, it's not an academic thing that in the, my mind, I just believe that Christ died. No. You believe that when he died, you also died together with him. So that this life that we have belongs to him. And this flesh is, is, is counted as dead. Believing is powerful. Don't play with it. It can move a mountain from there to there. Don't play with the word believe. You know, if you don't know it, you may think it's a simple thing. But it's very powerful. I'm giving you a few minutes for you to ask me some questions. I was told to leave 15 minutes or so. Just ask me. The question here was, what does it mean to believe? To believe means to surrender to the truth that God is saying. Even if that truth contradicts your human thinking. For example, humanly speaking, how can we who are born today be said to be in Christ who lived long time ago? That thing does not make sense. But let me tell you, it is true, not because it cannot make sense, but because God is the one saying it. That you are in him. If God was not saying it, it will, but it's because God is saying it, it is true. You know, God is God. When you see somebody asking, how can three be one? Hey, God can even have seven be one. Human speaking, three cannot be one. But with God, three can be one. Because he's God. Okay, another, give me a question, please. Yes. A question. Yes, Mzewangu. Uh, <laughs> yes. The one with this. The ones, yeah, yeah. You are the one. The one with the flowery shirt. What's your name? Paul. Okay. Yes. Happy Sabbath. Happy, happy Sabbath, yes. And happy day. So I'm having a question to ask the Pastor Sisa. You have told us that uh, those people, okay, we have two Adams. We have Adam, the one who sinned first, then we have the second, Adam. And you have told us that the generation, as in the generation after Jesus Christ, so we are not sinners because Jesus Christ forgave our sins. Okay, we, we were written that book before we were born. Now I'm asking of those who died before, before Jesus Christ. We are having those people who died before Jesus Christ. And then you have told us, 
they, 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 because they never had that knowledge, so God never judged them. But we are having those people who died between the period of after Ten Commandments and before the birth of Jesus Christ. So I'm just trying to ask, to ask you, how what when you are likufa? Thank you. All people from Adam, mm -hmm. even before Christ came, their faith was looking forward in Christ. The Old Testament is a promise. The New Testament is a fulfillment. So those people will be saved because of their faith in who? In the Messiah who was to come. Had they lived when Christ came, they would still have done the same thing they have done. When you take the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, there are 30, 39 books? Yeah, 39 books. If you take them and you squeeze them together, you get one sentence. And the sentence is, where is the lamp for the burnt offering? The question that Isaac asked Abraham, where is the lamp? So the Old Testament is just that one sentence. The New Testament is one sentence. From Matthew to Revelation, the sentence is, behold the lamp in John 1.29. So the New Testament answers the Old Testament. When Christ says, Father, forgive them, he meant from the beginning to the end. And therefore, uh, their faith was in the Messiah that was to come. There is no group that has been left out. You people, and I'll keep on repeating this, you have no salvation in any other name apart from Jesus Christ. May, may you know this and teach your children to come. If you teach your children, even if they fall in sin, they will rise up. If they don't know Christ and they fall in sin, they will commit suicide. If you find a Christian is so much thinking of the sin he did last year, then what Christ is telling him, then that Christian is a symbol that he hasn't understood the gospel. The gospel says, I know I did it, but I know my father is greater than my weakness. For when I'm weak, then I'm what? Strong. Sin, Paul said, sin, and it's a promise, shall not have dominion over you. Because you are not in the, in the flesh, you are aware in the spirit. So, they, although they were there before Christ came, but their faith pointed to the Messiah. All the sacrifice they were doing, whether in the sanctuary or whatever, everything pointed to who? To Christ. I saw somebody teaching in the Sabbath school lesson. Was it Genesis, Genesis 3 verse 15? And the seed of the woman, I will put an enmity, an enmity between you and the woman. That is the Proto-Evangelion of the Bible. The first gospel announcement in the Bible. And those words, God was not speaking to Adam. He was speaking to Satan. He was telling Satan, because you have done this, cast are you this, 
and the seed of the woman shall conquer your seed. He was telling that to Adam. And for the, that seed is not plural as somebody put it here. It's not plural. When he was here, he was hurrying to live. Then he says, the seeds. No, it is seed. And in Galatians, Paul said that seed was Christ. And the Christ was to come through a woman. That's why a woman is called, uh, Christ is called, he was born of a woman. The reason why God made a woman was not to sexually satisfy you, but was that she can be a reservoir of Christ to come, to carry Christ forward. That's why a woman, don't play with her. God hid her by giving an appearance of weakness, but she's high. Yeah. I can give you a bit, a bit in two minutes as I go. You know, when you look at, and this one I, I have repeated several times, and I can see repeat. Please come, come over here. You come over here. Uh, you know, in creation, hey, hey, sister, in creation, God did creation in how many days? Six days? Yeah, six days. Do you know that he was always moving from lower to higher? Yeah. In creation, he was moving from lower to higher. What he did on day one is better than day zero. And the day two is higher than day one. Day three, higher than day two. Day four, higher than day three. That's how he was moving. That's why animals are higher than plants, not superior. If you don't know English, mean the word higher, you may think of, I'm not talking superior. It's not superior, superior and inferior, no. They were all created. That's why animals are higher than, than plants. And a man who came sixth day is higher than animals. And anything God created after man is higher than man. <laughs> I did not mention that. I just left it to you. <laughs> and you know what God did? God has a certain way he does things. When something is higher, he dresses that thing with an appearance of weakness. When Satan came, he went to the woman. Do you know why? Satan is not the type who goes to the weak things. Satan always targets the highest thing. That's why in heaven he didn't go for an angel. He went for God himself. So when he came, he went to the highest. And he got her. Some people don't know. They say, the woman was weak. No, the woman became weak after sin. But before sin, she was created higher than what? Than man. That is why God, God now told her to submit. Which means before that, she was what? She was higher. And the man was told he will be the head. It means before that he was what? <laughs> not, not the tail. <laughs> not the tail. This one. So what God does is this. He dresses her with an appearance of weakness. She does this. But she's, she's very high. She can change your history. Yeah, she can change your history. She can do this. But she's carrying the gene, the president of this country. Don't play, don't play with them. And God specializes in those weak ones. You check carefully. He likes specializing in them. 
especially these women you call single women, barren women, widows, God likes specializing in them. These women whom you number, second wife, third wife, fourth, God does not number them, but the one you number, God likes them. So we don't know why. When he wants to do something, he goes for them. Just go, go and check, you'll see. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was the second wife of Joseph. Yeah, Joseph was 80 years when he married her. She was only nine. <laughs> he, he, he didn't marry her because he was sexual. You know that. that that's something you should have already known. You look at Bathsheba with a shameful history. Bathsheba. How David played with her. And look at what God did. He took this woman as dead as she was, and he made her the grandmother of Jesus Christ. Christ comes in that genealogy. And I saw it's not enough. God used famine, Njah, until this woman called Naomi and the wife. They went to the Gentiles. Watoto wakawa uko, wakapata nyawana na kolera uko. Simuza alikufia uko ne, alikufia moabu. Na watoto, akaja na daughter-in-law mmoja, who was not a Jew, alikuwa mevaa hivi. Even the name Ruth is not a Hebrew name. So when they came, she said, Mom, I'm not, I don't know, but your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you go, I will go. That faith shook the whole heaven. And this Moabite woman, Today will be like those people that you ignore. You always think that you are better off, but they are a firewood for the lake of fire. Those people there, when God uses them, he brought Ruth, and through Boaz, he made Ruth, that gentle woman, to be the grandmother of Jesus Christ. That's how God works, to surprise you, to tell you, if I can do this with this and unworthy people, how much more can I do with you when you believe in me? That's what God is saying. He's not giving you a license. When you don't know the gospel, you'll say, like, you know, no, he's not talking like that. It means you have not understood the gospel. The gospel does not give you license to sin. In fact, the, the gospel makes you hate sin, not because of the consequences that you will go to the lake of fire, no. It makes you to hate sin because of what sin did to the one who loved us and died for us. How can I do this thing against him who loved me? Are you getting it? So God specializes. That's why I'm saying there are some students here. Ukiwangalia, nivihivitu. But be careful. Hidden in that may be the gene of the president of this country. You may say one day, Yani God specializes in those people. I know you are feeling bad, but that is God. <laughs> That's what God does. There are some, some here who are children of single parents. They have no father. God has brought them over here. Take care of them. Don't use them eh, for your own use. Take care of them, support them. There are some you stay with them in the room. They have no soap. They have nothing. But God has blessed you. 
be close to them. Don't backbite them. Let them know that you are a child of God. That's how it should be. Forgive one another. There are people who are not good, but forgive them. The Lord is rich in blessings. You don't be able like that blessing is gone. The Lord is rich in blessings. He can open taps that you have no idea of. Until one day you'll say, hey, I met one student who used to sit there in Egypt on here. I met him in Canada. He's now a church elder of All Nations Church in Ontario. He used to sit over there. I spoke for them for two weeks. And for the first time, all the Canadians were full in the hall every evening. I've done nothing here. Here, I have no time because I'm looking at my boss here. So that he, he welcomes me next time. You should not say, like, So that's why I'm trying to... But they were here. Some of you are going to grow up. You're going to be big people. That's what I'm saying. You're going to be big people. Don't behave like kids. When you are with these sisters, let them know. Let them see Christ in you. That's what it should be. The more she is with you, the more let her learn of what the love of Christ is. Don't keep a record of sins. January will find you. Sindio. Nika kusame. Nika fanya. Sindio kusame. Nika fanya. Sindio kusame. Sasa. Then you keep your hand one meter away from the body this way. No, Christ is saying, keep it close. Don't keep this. Because you too, you are human. Are you getting it? Love. Don't play with love. Love melts anything. May God bless you. May God lead you, okay? Amen. Because my boss is here. Eh? He's over here. And uh, I don't want to hurt him. Let me give it to him. Then when we finish, I'll be giving a closing prayer. Please come.